When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We want to give a shout out to new Patreon subscriber Kelly Novak. Thanks so much for supporting the show, Kelly. You are awesome. We love you so much. If you want to see how you can support the show and get rewarded with more bloody goodies, make sure to check out patreon.com slash be disgusting pod. Yay. Thanks, <laughs> Kelly. No, no calls this week. We are going to go right into the mailbag and ask, answer a question from at gory lady. Who are your favorite final girls and slashers? This is a good question, and actually it was harder for me to come up with answers than I thought oh. because I I thought way too hard about what quantified a slasher. Mm-hmm. Same. So I took Ripley out of it because it, she doesn't apply yeah. in my mind. I mean, yeah. aliens can slash, but I wouldn't call they the They can slash. I like that. <laughs> um, let's go... Well, let's start with uh, let's start with Zena speaking all the way from a closet. Whoa. She's not normally in. Yeah, way to out her. My mom's decorate. She decorated. Let me just show you this little thing right here. I'm like, girl, nobody's gonna see that, but she did her best. What it? What is it? What is it's it? Like, Describe it's, it. It's like oh yeah, okay, duh. It's like this little tablecloth. It's purple. You know, it has like little flower things on it. It's really cute, but you know, it, it's a pop. Oh, she so. set the mood for you. She did. It's she did nothing little... compared to the wardrobe that we usually get to see. True, true. I miss my closet, but it's <laughs> fine. Okay. Um, I guess the immediately what came to mind. I'm gonna go with Reese Wilson from Urban Legend and Urban Legend Uncut. People oh. need to respect her more. They keep on forgetting that she too is a fine old girl. Okay. Oh. Okay. <laughs> She's she's a final girl. <laughs> no, she is. But no, like I I just want to say I agree with you that she is a way more lively and entertaining final girl than the actual final girl of Urban oh, Legend, which we yes. have we yeah. have talked about it before, I, I'm pretty sure. But yeah. We have. She was the That's worst. True. Okay, and then someone else, um, <laughs> I have Cassidy from Sorority Row. I really liked her character. I mean, I know that her friends, mm. they were all pretty much terrible, but she was just in a but she made up situation. for it she did she did um i also like justine from christy so i consider that one a slasher that's a slasher and then last sure. i'm gonna go with aaron from your next nice uh i had aaron too yeah like everything it, she's such a great final girl for so many reasons because one she's so out of the blue mm-hmm. with all of a sudden what she can do but it's also oddly practical like it's you know like like I love Nancy from Nightmare on Elm Street mm-hmm. yeah but the fact that she was able to put together all those like improvised exactly. like traps in her house in like ten minutes 
<laughs> That's like, movie eh. magic there. That's movie magic timing. Uh-huh. It was. And yeah, those that timeline's messed up. And when I first saw the movie, I'm not going to lie, I was just like, her backstory was just like, whoa, you know, what are the odds? <laughs> but you know what? Um, we're not questioning her past, okay? We're just talking about her being <laughs> a final girl and how she rocked. So. Yeah, she, she yeah. did. Uh, how about you, Megan? Uh, if we're counting Demon Knight, which I will definitely try and shoehorn that movie into every conversation possible, then Geraldine, my girl Geraldine, always and forever. Um, yes, that's a good one. Obviously, like everybody loves uh, Nancy Thompson from Nightmare on Elm Street, rightfully so, but I feel like Alice should get way more credit and love than that she gets, like comparatively. I love Alice. I feel like she got a, a way more satisfying arc and she like survived both encounters, you know? True. So, um, and then Megan from uh, Friday the 13th, part six, Jason Lives. She yeah. has all of the feisty spirits. I like that she is having an absolute blast. I feel like <laughs> most final girls are going through it, but she's having a party while she's doing it. So good for her. Um, and then Yannick from Cold Prey, Cold, uh, yeah, Cold Prey 1 and 2. Mm-hmm. Another final girl that also doesn't get talked about enough but she's also a badass and she does it in freezing temps um and then lastly i'm gonna say basically all of them from final girls they the whole plural of the title like i like the approach to the final girl trope in that movie so that one gets a shout out but yeah john john you're it tag Uh, i mean i feel like we have to mention laurie strode yeah like as the original final girl and in the reboot becoming like the ultimate final girl. Yeah. Um, Just like the arc of her survivor character still traumatized, but still, be, but being like, F you, I'm still going to get ready. Mm-hmm. Um, I like Alice Hardy from the original Friday the 13th too, or the original Friday the 13th. Cause you know, she went, she spoilers decapitates Mrs. Voorhees who was going crazy on her. Like, that's pretty badass. Yeah. She didn't just like hit her and run. She cut her head off with a machete. Um, And then the, the other two I was thinking about if they apply for slashers or not, I like Sarah and also depends on what ending version you saw of the descent, Sarah Carter. Oh yeah. And I gotta, I gotta say grace and ready or not. Yeah. I actually toyed with that. I'm, I'm like, I suppose it is a slasher in a way. Because yeah, Samara I mean, Weaving I... is rising the ranks of just a favorite horror performer, period. But mm-hmm. I, I kind of went back and forth with that one. I did too, but I figured your next isn't quite a slasher, but it's close to being a slasher. And Ready or Not is close to being your next. So it's kind of the <laughs> six degrees of Kevin Bacon. All right. It was my six degrees of Final Girl. We will justify and... anything and everything. It's cool. We're doing it. <laughs> yes, we're we doing will. it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, question two. The stagehand on Twitter asks, in your opinion, what is the most underrated of Jeffrey Combs' films? For those of you who aren't familiar with the name, Jeffrey Combs is most most notably known for the lead role in Reanimator. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's been in a lot of stuff. So, uh, Megan, why don't you start us off? What's your What's your most underrated Jeffrey Combs film? Necronomicon Book of the Dead. Mm. I feel like... 
that is not so easily available, but it is a really good anthology uh, basically about Lovecraft, Lovecraftian tales, and he is the wraparound story. And he's not really recognizable because he's got this chin prosthetic that makes him look more like Bruce Campbell. <laughs> but uh, he plays Lovecraft, a very Indiana Jones style of Lovecraft. And it's, he's really good in it. And the movie is one of my favorite anthologies ever. So, yeah, I wish that one was more widely accessible and got the love it deserved. So nice. that was my pick. Nice. How about you, Zena? Um, I'm going to go with Cellar Dweller. Uh, from 1988 mm -hmm. he plays uh this comic artist who he uh successfully gains like inspiration from this demon book of horrific drawings it's pretty cool very 80s and um yeah i recently watched that one cool thing uh don mancini he actually wrote it oh yeah i think i remember <laughs> that yeah <laughs> And we have three completely original answers because I went with Special Agent Milton Dahmer's In the Frighteners. He was really good. You at went that. with a performance specifically. Yes. Yeah. 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 I suppose you could say the most underrated, but I still think The Frighteners is an underrated film that doesn't get talked about enough. I agree. We Unless you're listening to our show. <laughs> yes. From a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. We give it and the I, proper I did, love. And I did get some feedback, people saying the Frighteners wasn't like appreciated. And then they kind of looked into it and they're like, yeah, people didn't mm -hmm. really pay yeah. that much attention to it for whatever reason. And he's just bonkers in it. He yeah, felt it's... very like much like if he didn't get the role, it would have gone to Crispin Glover mm -hmm. or vice versa. Crispin would have brought the just... weird too. Yeah. Yeah. He, he went pretty over the top in the Frighteners. And the first time I saw it, I don't, I don't think I'd seen Reanimator. And I was kind of like, I kind of took a step back. Like, what is wrong with this guy? Mm -hmm. And now age has provided wisdom and I realize it's brilliant. It is. It's like his <laughs> facial expressions alone are crazy. Oh, and just like if women are crying or screaming, like it drives them <laughs> insane. And it's just, it's so weird. It's just over the top bonkers. Speaking of over the top bonkers, welcome to the Bloody Disgusting Podcast, everyone. The podcast where we discuss all the disgusting things we love in the horror world. And to discuss the disgusting, you know her as lead movie critic for Bloody Disgusting, horror movie fanatic and journalist Megan Navarro. Hey, Megan. Hello. And you know her from her YouTube channel and website, Real Queen of Horror, and her infinite love for the genre, Zena Dixon. Hey, Zena. Hello. And I'm John. If you're listening to this on a Wednesday when the episode drops, we hope your week's been filled with all the best kinds of horror. If not, let's do a quick round the table for the movies, books, games, or anything else in the horror world that are making the three of us smile right now. Maybe there'll be things that'll make you smile too. So Zena, what's been filling your heart this week? So I checked out Come True. It came out 2020 on Voodoo, and it follows a teenager named Sarah who has had enough of couch hopping and sleeping on playground slides. She drinks like three to six cups of coffee a day to stay awake because she has these weird dreams. And so then she responds to a sleep. John, why are you I'm sorry. <laughs> I totally misheard you. It's, I know you said couch hopping. I thought you said cow chopping. And I was like, I have to see this movie. She's tired of cow chopping. She could be no. a butcher. You don't I mean, know. It could be. Yeah, true. She could be a butcher. But now I need to write down that idea. <laughs> John's next story cow chopper. Cow chopping. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Sorry. Sorry. 
so she responds to a sleep study ad, uh, ad and she'll, you know, basically have a bed every night um, to sleep in for the next two months. And then they'll also pay her some cash. So it's, um, it's perfect for her. You know, I really enjoyed this one. It was unexpected. I know Megan, we kind of did talk about it um, briefly a couple of weeks ago. And so I just kind of felt like it's like the perfect blend of Tara and sci-fi and, you know, it's, it's kind of sad because the, this teenage girl, like she has issues with her mother, you know, so she doesn't really want like domestic issues. So she doesn't really want to be around her. She kind of waits till her mother leaves so she can go in, pack some clothes, take a shower, drink some coffee, get some snacks, you know, chop um, some cows, chop some cows, <laughs> you know, and, uh, it, it's unfortunate because this sleep study is just not what she thinks that it's going to be. And um, this one gave me like Cronenberg vibes and but at the same time, it's still independent. You know, it's not like I don't feel like it's like mimicking it or trying to copy or anything like that. Yeah. And I I was just going to say, I feel like this is the perfect like kind of thematic continuation of his segment in the holidays uh, horror anthology. Father's Day, that same vibe with the synth Same soundtrack that the, the mm-hmm. cosmic feel yeah Oof. totally different stories but but a similar yeah. vibe and it's um i don't know it's just again i just really liked it i like the feel for it um i felt like the fears are actually relatable and it's understandable why she's like freaked out by this kind of stuff because yeah. obviously we've all had weird dreams we've all thought that we might have seen some type of shadow and then even with the lead actress alone julia sarah stone she plays sarah um she did a great job portraying like a lonely high school student um you know she's a final girl actually you know and in some ways where it's like you know she's trying to fight back and then when the tables turn it's like you know it's unfortunate um but yeah this one it is a slow pace um but there's just something about it that's really engaging and just makes you want to watch more like i was hooked like mesmerized almost um but and then between the visual style and that soundtrack like you're just you're on this wavelength Mm -hmm. it's just it's beautiful and like crazy thing uh the director anthony scott byrne he directed he wrote edited scored and produced this movie like he's so talented like how amazing so i highly recommend this one um not to say that i don't think that this one is going to work for everyone but at the same time you you cannot help but to appreciate just like the talent and the passion within this project so highly recommend it you know you guys check it out um next one that i checked out uh squirm i believe it's from uh for some reason i didn't write down the date 1970 something okay and I checked it out on uh, Tubi. So, yeah, I don't know why it says Amazon. Anyway, so a storm causes some some power lines to break and touch the ground, drawing millions of man-eating worms out of the earth and into the town where they quickly start munching on the locals. And I got that from IMDb. <laughs> they, they're the ones that use the word munching. So um, I feel like this one's kind of like forgotten. And so crazy thing is, so I was watching some movies with my dad earlier and he said that he wanted to pick a movie. I'm like, yeah, sure. And so he doesn't like horror movies. And so he wanted to prove to me that he can watch it. Live your life. So he picked, <laughs> <laughs> so, so he picked Squirm. And, you know, I didn't want to tell him, hey, you may not like this one. You know, but I was like, all right. You no, know, he, he says he can handle it. So we started watching it and all he just kept saying was, ew, ew, you know. And he's like a big <laughs> man. So it's like, how? what are you doing? But anyway... 
point is though, uh, it's been a while since I watched this one. I haven't watched it maybe since the early 2000s. And um, I don't know if you guys are fans of like those nature striking. Yeah, the eco horror of the 70s. Yeah, Yeah. it's just so wild, (laughs) you know, and unexpected. So, um, you know, I don't, I didn't think that this one was scary, but if you don't like bugs or worms, it will, yeah. Yeah, you may want to just like skip it. I mean, they really show those worms, you know, (laughs) and it has like such a a campy feel like a 1950s like monster movie type of thing. So and I don't know if it's supposed to be funny, but I found that I was laughing at some stuff. Like when this guy was freaking out that there was a worm in his egg cream and he just kept talking about it, you know, and then, <laughs> then the crazy thing was instead of like the diner, like the people at the diner, instead of them giving him a new one, they were mad at him. Like he didn't put the worm in there, <laughs> you know, so, um, but yeah, basically this guy, he, uh, he's from New York. He's visiting his girlfriend in Georgia and then they start to realize that something strange is going on, you know, because of the storm. So strange, like they find a skeleton's head, you know, they find someone's head. And, you know, uh, the guy visiting, his uh, name is Mick. And for some reason, he takes the skull and puts it in his shirt. Like, what are you doing, Mick? What's up with that? I don't know. And so not only that, uh, there's worms like ripping through this guy's face. And then there's like thousands at one point where it's just like, this is getting out of control. These worms... <laughs> It was just like a can of spaghetti or something, you know, but but hundreds of thousands of spaghetti, you know. Many, and many like, cans of spaghetti. Many, many, you know. And, yeah, they were just like, they basically eat the human flesh to, like, the bone where there's just nothing. So that's how they found that skull, you know, because they, like, ate it. And, yeah, there's just so much more. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm sorry, this is all over the place. But, yeah, it's a nasty movie, but it's fun and it made me laugh. And if you're someone, if you're in the mood for some reason for a 70s horror with worms, yeah. we all have that feeling sometimes, I recommend checking this one out. But what is your dad's final verdict on this? Oh, what, he what left. did he say? <laughs> he, he left. left. Oh. He started <laughs> he watching. Oh. He, he chose left. it, then he left. <laughs> yeah, he chose it, then he left. And then he decided to watch, uh, what was that show? Naked and Afraid? Mm, that was that. So, <laughs> so that was Sounds that. like a good double feature there. There you go. What about you, Megan? I watched Phone. It is a 2002 K-horror movie. I watched it on Canopy. And this was a Patreon subscriber pick by Ryan Britson. Um, and it is about an investigative reporter. She begins to receive a series of menacing calls by this stalker. So to escape the calls and like him harassing her, she changes her number. She gets a new number. But the number that she gets is tethered to a ghost. Uh, bum, bum, bum. Yeah. <laughs> so 2002, this plot, it sounds an awful lot like like the ring, you know? Mm-hmm. Which is what I thought it was going to be going in, but it is a Korean horror movie through and through in that there is so much soap opera drama. Like, it starts with this crazy... You've, you've seen this, Zena? Yes. <laughs> uh, did you... How do you feel about... Because I kept thinking of you the whole time watching this because there is so Why? much... Like, you think it's going to be one thing and then the stalker gets out the picture. Then there's family drama and then there's, th- like, cheating and... Mm-hmm baby drama and this little girl outacts all of them she mm-hmm. is so extra 
she gets like because she this little girl intercepts the call and so she's kind of kind of like the little boy in Ringu you know she, she's the one that's kind of affected most by this ghost mm-hmm. um and the faces and the intensity like you want to see some over the top insane possession child she wins she's extra so I wouldn't say it's scary, but it is definitely like, what the French toast is happening in this dramatic family? I don't know how you felt about it, it's, Zita, because It's kind of like you forget that it's a horror movie. Because yeah, so much melodrama. Yeah. This is soap opera, the horror movie. It's like, I, th- I thought it was going to be kind of like, like Ringu as well. So I was yeah. like, okay, like with a phone. And plus, you know, you know, their little flip phones and they would always have these little cute little charms. I'm like, oh my God, this is so inspiring, right? I don't right. know <laughs> And yeah, but it was just like, it, it, you just kind of forgot about like the horrific stuff because of the drama. Somebody's cheating. Yeah. Someone's not really someone's daughter. And it's just like, wait, what? You know, it's just yeah. It's so yeah. much. The ghost, the ghost happens, but it seems like it's such a small component of it that it, I don't even know I could count it like a Ringu ripoff anymore because it's like two hours of so much soap opera stuff between the, there's some scares, but it's not really a scare type of movie. It's like this child just put her in all, I need to see what she's doing now because I bet she's a lead drama queen actress. I think so too. She has to be her faces. I wish I could do it. Not that anybody listening would be able to see my face, but I can't, I can't, I can't do it justice. (laughs) So, whew, that movie has a lot going on. I guess you're never bored, though, for sure. Um, and then I kept the Korean horror theme going with Save the Green Planet. It does have an exclamation Ooh. point at the end of this title. <laughs> uh, it came out in 2003. It is currently available on Criterion Channel, but a heads up that it is scheduled to leave Criterion Channel uh, at the end of the month. So at the end of Wednesday, like Wednesday midnight or whatever. So I'm not sure where it'll end up after that. So if you're if you're listening, get a jump on it if you want to watch it. But anyways, it is about a beekeeper that is convinced that aliens have invaded Earth and they're disguised as humans. And it is up to him to save the Earth and stop them. This movie is wild. I love this movie so much. Uh, it's a genre mashup where there's definitely comedy. There's definitely some sci-fi weirdness. There's a whole lot of violence. There's psychological horror. It has got everything. Uh, it's it's definitely bloody. There There's a dog named Earth in it. And his owner, this beekeeper guy, feeds uh, his victims to the dog. So the dog doesn't really want to eat anything else but people or aliens. Mm-hmm. So, oh, poor pupper. Yeah. Well, I mean, the pup's cute. You don't, you know, it, <laughs> he, he's a finicky eater, clearly. But yeah, it's just a wild, wild movie. And and you kind of think you know where it's going. And then it just goes off into a whole other unexpected territory. Like, it just changes. It, it And it does it so well. Like, it's channeling or cy- cycling through all of these genres. But it's pretty seamless. It, it's like a cohesive story that's all over. It's a wild ride. I like I've never it. heard of it. No, me either. Interesting. It kind of sounds like a the K horror version of Day of the Beast. Like all of a sudden, just madness ensues when someone's convinced they need to save the world. A little, a little bit. Yeah. I mean, when it starts out, I kind of have like this '90s vibe. You know how they have the '90s cult horror, like Tank Girl, like that same kind of mm-hmm. punk rock attitude. That's a yeah. lot of what this one has. Like for a lot of the movie, it starts out at the beginning where this guy kidnaps a CEO, this asshole CEO, 
and he thinks he's convinced that the CEO is an alien. And so he's basically torturing him. And then there's cops that are trying to, to find him. And it's just hijinks ensue, blood and violence <laughs> ensue. It's it's madness. It's a fun one. So, yeah. Nice. What did you watch? I only watched what you two told me to watch. Uh-oh. So, Aww. first up, Megan's pick is 2019's We Summon the Darkness on Netflix. Three best friends embark on a road trip to a heavy metal show where they bond with three aspiring musicians and head off to one of the girls' country homes for an after-party. An after-party that turns into so much more. So, I think I told you guys last week that I had started watching this and I just never finished it. Yeah. I, I, 20 minutes in or whatever, I just stopped watching. I can't remember why. Uh, and then 30 minutes in, this movie takes a hard right turn. Yes, yeah. it does. <laughs> it was not what I thought it was going to be by any means. But, Megan, you tell me why you wanted me to keep watching. Two reasons. That hard mm-hmm. turn makes it mm-hmm. a totally unexpected movie. And the two yes. lead girls are an absolute blast that I feel like there are people that get a little divided by the third act. But sure. usually, no matter how you feel about it, Alexandra Daddario and, and Maddie Hassan, they're like having so much fun that it carries you through regardless. I adore mm-hmm. those two performances alone. But yeah, I, I love this movie. I think it's fun. Yeah, I was pretty impressed by the acting across the board just because like if you really if you watch the first in my case if you watch the first 20 minutes and then you watch the rest of the movie you're like oh yeah okay like and i'm obviously talking around everything that happens because it's it's a newer movie mm-hmm. there's probably plenty of people who haven't seen it if you haven't seen it i highly recommend it Woo-hoo. it's a really interesting blend it, it it does definitely fall into the comedy horror genre there's plenty of ridiculousness on top of it but it's interesting too because Again, trying to avoid spoilers. The actors make it more ridiculous or funnier than the script itself mm-hmm. makes it because of their performances. Yeah, exactly. So it's not necessarily funny material, but selling what they're doing and the way they're doing it totally works. Yeah. Nice. Now, I wasn't a huge fan of the ending, mm-hmm. but that's nitpicking. Otherwise, it is a pretty... Like, if you hit, like, the 31 or 32-minute mark and you're not suddenly like, all right, now, I'm not, now I have to keep watching it, then I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> and you no. were you were fine with all the blood? Oh, yeah. Okay. No, I don't have a problem with blood. I have a problem with, like, holes. <laughs> now that they've shown a lot of holes. <laughs> okay. No, the blood didn't bother me at all. Like, it, 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 honestly, it surprised me more. Like, when the blood started... Because at first you're kind of like, is this going to happen? Is this going to happen? Oh, there we go. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> yep, it's happening. <laughs> All right, this is real. Uh, I Yeah, I enjoyed it. I'm glad that uh, you brought it up. So Because I don't know if I, I probably would have circled back at some point. But it would have been so weird because it would have been like background noise. And then I would have totally been like, wait, what the hell's happening? <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> Am I watching the same movie? Um, no, it was a great pick. Yay. I, I, yeah. Um and then I watched Zena or I watched Zena's pick first as recommended. <laughs> 2014's Nightcrawler on Netflix. When Lewis Bloom, a con man desperate for work, muscles into the world of LA crime journalism, he blurs the line between observer and participant to become the star of his own story. All right, Zena, why this one? <laughs> 
Um, I love seeing Jake <laughs> as a psychopath, mm. and it's something that you cannot unsee. So after I've seen him in this movie, he'll no. always be Lou. What? What's the matter? What's He's happening? So scary. Yeah. But I don't. He, he is. is. He is very scary. But it's just like the extreme. Okay. In a way, I kind of feel, just being honest, he has a lot in common with, uh, from the movie Starry Eyes, because they both had a dream, and, you know, they went after their dream. Believe in your dreams and follow them. They were willing to do whatever it took to get there. Right, right. Sure. Um, I'm less terrified of the lead in Starry Eyes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> True, true. But Starry you know, Eyes is, is way nicer. I mean, I, yeah. I agree. It is a very sleek movie and it leaves you uncomfortable, but I don't know. I feel like it was like it's a great watch. It's supposed to. Yeah, it's a great oh, watch. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's like a dark comedy and cool thing too uh, with the director. This is like his first feature. He wrote and directed this. Like, that's awesome. Yeah, that's impressive. That's pretty impressive, right? actually. Cool. Um. I, yeah, I, I feel like, I think Jake Gyllenhaal put down one of the most unnerving performances ever captured on film. Yeah. That's not and a knock at all. No, not <laughs> at all. Like, like, is Jack Nicholson terrifying in The Shining? Sure. Is Hannibal Lecter terrifying? Sure. Like, are slashers? Sure. The, the difference is, is that Jake Gyllenhaal is a sociopath. Mm-hmm. And sociopaths are terrifying to a different level and he delivers all of his words with this strange wide-eyed blankness that is so unnerving every time he talks like you see it early on when he when he steals a guy's bike and he's pawning it and every word out of his mouth is a lie and he just says it so smoothly and it doesn't mean anything to him and they establish early on he's willing to do anything Mm -hmm. and he shows no remorse no regret, which I'm sure is what a lot of people associate with paparazzi in the first place. Yeah. Um, but this was done much better than the Cole Hauser movie Paparazzi. <laughs> so if you've seen that movie and not. you're looking for a better version, uh, Night Stalker. It's very, it's very well shot. It's it's a very stylistic uh, movie. And like you said, yeah, Lou is haunting He's through the whole super thing. Super like scary. What he's yeah. willing to do. And the 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 dynamic be- between him and Rene Russo, mm-hmm. like kind of the symbiotic relationship, is both like disgusting, and oddly uh, not uh, sensible. I suppose mm-hmm. like it kind of makes sense, but at the same time, you're like, oh god, this is gross. <laughs> um, yeah, it it's it, it it's uncomfortable in a lot of places, yeah. but more often than not. It's honestly just his line delivery. He does horrible things in this movie. But it's, but it's when yeah. he's talking, because I have no clue. Like, uh, like there's a scene where he's uh, driving with his new protege. Mm-hmm. And he says that, like, he read an article that communication, like, amongst, like, professional, da-da-da-da-da. And he's quoting this magazine article. And at that moment, I realized, I'm like, well, did he or is he just making this up? Right. Like, I don't know that he, I think he believes everything he's saying and at the same time doesn't believe anything he's saying. Mm-hmm. He just says words, but he says it convincing, or he, I think he's always trying to convince himself I, that what he's saying is true. I think he's a sociopath trying to figure out how to convince everyone else. Like, right. 
socio yeah. sociopaths are all about trying to mimic actual human emotions mm-hmm. to fit in. And that's what makes him so scary is because he's so good at portraying that. Right. Well, and there's this great scene where he's just sitting by himself, like ironing a shirt in his apartment. And he sees something that's supposed to be funny and he's by himself. And he over he mm-hmm. blows up with laughter by himself, just ha 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 ha, just wide open mouth because it's like he's trying yeah. to teach himself how he's supposed to react to funny mm-hmm. things, and it's so scary and unnerving because it's like you might work with someone like that. Exactly, I, I think that I have in the past, but which is <laughs> why I was like, watch this. First, <laughs> good advice. That's great advice. Uh-huh. So overall, though, did you like it? Oh, it's a great movie. Okay. Yeah, no, I, I'm glad you told me to watch it because I know I wouldn't have. Mm-hmm. It has been recycled through Netflix so many times, but anytime I've seen the preview, Jake Gyllenhaal looks so disturbing to yeah. me. Yeah. And his delivery, and I don't have. I'm not very fond of the idea of paparazzi in the first place. Mm-hmm. So the idea of mixing all that together was like, I don't know if I can do this. And I like Jake Gyllenhaal as an actor. But, to, but... I, I do want to clarify, just in case anybody is not familiar with Nightcrawler, you call him paparazzi, but he's a little he's bit... He's a stringer. Yeah, he's more like trying to get into crime scenes and, and like serious news, not like follow celebrities, which right. makes it even that, more terrifying. Yes. So yeah, just to clarify, like mm-hmm. I know what you mean, but for anybody who hasn't seen so, it... Yeah. Yeah, I just Yeah, no, that is a very important distinction that he's a stringer which is a, a freelance like crime photographer. Mm-hmm. And he tries to get to accidents and shootings, basically the whole if it bleeds it leads scenarios right. first to get the images to sell to news. Yeah, he's not just he's not following around But same level of obsession for sure. Shoot. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. To the point where you see the look on his face every time he's too late. Right. And he's just so like angry, but trying to keep it bottled inside mm-hmm. yeah. at the same time. And this scene, it wasn't really scary, but it was just kind of like, like left me uncomfortable. It was the one when he went into this house and he wanted mm-hmm. to find out the victim's name, you know, yeah. and he didn't have a problem with being there. Everyone else, like they respected it. They knew he was just comfortable. Like he was at his grandma's house or something, just helping yeah. himself. Yeah. So. Well, and then they ask him about it, and he's like, I heard someone tell me to come inside. Like, but like, just so smoothly, just provides these answers. They're like, you don't even know if he's thought about it in advance or if he's just so used to saying Mm -hmm. whatever he needs to say in the moment. Right. It's really unnerving. Yes. This movie is fantastic, but boy, did it leave me like, I'm going to go curl up under a blanket now. Same. I've only watched it once. So I'm glad that you enjoyed yourself. (laughs) <laughs> well enjoyed myself and appreciated the movie are two different things because <laughs> i needed to watch we summon the darkness and a Columbo marathon after so, <laughs> although i did find out that the new episodes of Columbo, as of like the 1990s are available on peacock thanks to this Ooh, so. nice. <laughs> so win for me um and that's it that's all i honestly had time for uh this week i wanted to do more i started reading a new book which i'll probably talk about next week nice um so what did we watch and how did we watch it? Okay, so I watched. <laughs> she watched something. Good start. <laughs> okay, yeah, I watched. Okay, so I watched. <laughs> I watched Come True on Voodoo, and Squirm on Tubi. I watched Phone on Canopy and Save the Green Planet on Criterion Channel. And I watched We Summon the Darkness on Netflix and Nightcrawler on Netflix. So. 
We are going to take a break from picks for the next week because I've got some stuff to take care of and I can't promise that I'll get much movie watching in, but we will return to that format next week. Hopefully I will get a chance to watch some horror stuff, but we'll find out. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Enough of what we've been watching this week. It's time for Megan to bring us up to speed on the news and trending topics in the world of horror. So what's going on, Megan? What we do in the Shadows spinoff series, Wellington Paranormal, is finally coming to the States. So Wellington Paranormal is a New Zealand horror mockumentary spinoff series based on Jemaine Clement and Taika Waititi's What We Do in the Shadows film. Uh, it aired in New Zealand in 2018. They're finally... <laughs> coming to the states uh the cw and hbo max picked it up so the comedy will la launch first on the cw this summer and each episode mm -hmm. will then be available to stream via the network's ad supported digital platforms and streaming service hbo max the day after it's it's linear airing if that makes sense that's interesting mm -hmm. yeah well like the, starting on cw and then bouncing to hbo max it makes sense i mean have you have you looked at like the cw is a hub on hbo max like are they i i haven't noticed that yeah, yeah. I, that's how i ended oh, up watching you say that yeah yeah that's how i ended yeah. up watching nancy drew which i actually like that huh. this season Same. one so yeah it was really good. yeah <laughs> it was I'm, I'm ready for season two to bounce on this the HBO Max hub. Um, so Wellington Paranormal follows the adventures of two incurious police officers from the What We Do in the Shadows movie. It revolves around officers O'Leary, played by Karen O'Leary, and Minogue, which is played by Mike Minogue. Very, very easy there. Uh, they're hardworking <laughs> members of the Wellington Constabulary Constabulary's Paranormal Unit, who, under supervision of Sergeant Maka, Maka Pohatu, investigate supernatural occurrences that rise in the capital of New Zealand on a surprisingly regular basis. So we'll finally get around to seeing season one this summer, but the third season of the show just premiered in New Zealand. So I think that's just started and ongoing. I don't know if you guys are, I assume we're all fans of the movie. I don't know if you guys are all up to date on the series or if you have any investments in this. Do you want swearwolves? Because I want swearwolves. <laughs> uh i've i love the, i adore the movie i it's definitely one of my top probably three all-time horror comedy movies probably my top 10 all-time comedies in general uh and i i i've seen the first two or three episodes of the tv series i just didn't really dig into it but it definitely was on par like there was a few times where i belly laughed <laughs> and i think i was watching with my wife she's like yeah, this is really more your thing than mine. Like she likes, like she's fine with Aww. the movie, like as far as like a series is concerned, because like there's just because there's such great subtle uh, physical humor in it. Like it is there's so one good. scene, it got me so much. Like I can't remember. I have to go back and watch. It's just like the first or second episode. One of the vampires is floating by in the background, uh -huh. but he's kind of seated and floating, and his servant's trying to chase after him to dress him. I have no idea why, but that image. Of him just casually like sit floating by as the other guy's trying to dress him is one of the funniest things I've ever seen. 
I it's just it's such great subtlety in that comedy. I agree. I you know going in before the series started on FX, I'm like, can you really do it? I mean, it's Taika and Jemaine Clement, they're involved, but they're more on the you know behind the camera type involvements. Can can we? get by on a new I love it I I crack up so much especially like the more they just seem to get better and better better with each season you know and it's always the stupid stuff that gets me the most like how they go next door to attend a Super Bowl party because they misinterpreted and thought it was superb owl party <laughs> I will take the penis mightier for 500 Alex. yes it's so good um so yeah I'm I'm pretty interested in this one and Zena watch the movie I need to watch the movie I know I know don't judge me <laughs> <laughs> poor Zena so, uh, um and then the next horror film by director William Brent Bell. He did The Boy, Stay Alive, Where, the upcoming Orphan prequel. Uh, it's coming up soon, titled Separation, which has been described as a cross between Kramer versus Kramer and The Sixth Sense and Mama. And the trailer just dropped online. Uh, the, it'll make sense. The Kramer versus Kramer will make sense when I read the the plot synopsis, which is okay. Because I saw the trailer, and I'm not getting Kramer versus Kramer out of that. Trailer. Yeah. Well, the the setup explains it. So eight year old Jenny, uh, played by Violet McGraw, who is in the first season of Hill House, uh, she's constantly mm-hmm. ca- caught in the middle of her of the feuding between her lawyer mother Maggie played by Mammy Gummer, and artist father Jeff, played by Rupert Brent. She leads a lonely but imaginative life, surrounded by puppets called Grizzly Kin, which are based on the works of her father. When Maggie is tragically killed in a hit-and-run, Jeff and Jenny try to piece together a new life. But Maggie's father, Brian Cox, sues for custody. And a babysitter, Madeline Brewer, tries to be the new woman of the house. Life at... Yeah, life in their suburban townhome takes a dark turn. The puppets and frightening characters come to life, and Jenny's the only person who can see them. So the the custody battle is the Kramer versus Kramer comparison. Gotcha. Um, so yeah, the trailer is available online. Uh, one of the creepy characters featured prominently in the trailer is played by Twisty Troy Di- Twisty Troy James. Uh, he's known for his insane flexibility and physical performances. If you are unfamiliar, he's played Pretzel Jack in Channel Zero's Dream Door, the jangly man in Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, uh, an entity in John's favorite movie, Anything for Jackson. So he's done, yeah, yeah he's done lots of stuff. I absolutely love him. Uh, Separation will release in theaters on April 30th, so not very far away at all. I don't know um, if you guys are fans of bell's horror output if you like the boy or any of his movies or my actual question is do you have a favorite character actor or monster actor you know i love twisty troy james and i recognize him because of his contortionism but i'm you know i feel like we we love our horror icons but we don't talk enough about the the actors behind the monster masks i love doug jones doug jones I love. yeah doug jones is really hard to not love it's really funny to see doug jones in roles when he doesn't have makeup yeah all of a sudden he's just like an actor in a movie and you're like wait a second yes (laughs) what are you doing um but troy jones is great too and if if people haven't seen the separation trailer i highly recommend it and you're gonna see troy james in it yeah (laughs) doing his thing um and that trailer looks bonkers it does 
Zena, you have any? Yeah, I haven't seen the trailer for Separation yet, but it sounds like it's going to be really awesome. And kind of like you guys, like I really like uh, Troy James. I love, I wasn't like super crazy about the movie Black Box from Blumhouse, but seeing his scene, that part oh, like, yeah. freaked me out. Yeah, he's so good. And he's such a sweetheart, too, because I did interview him once, and his favorite thing to do is scare people. Like, he's a sweetheart who loves to scare, so this is the perfect job for him. I feel like I've seen those, like, little interviews, like, little, like, just snippet interviews where he's just talking or whatever, and then he turns around and then, like, twists and, like, kind of scampers after people. It's just like, oh, my God. He should be in every horror movie ever. My (laughs) dream, if we could get a horror movie with monsters playing by Doug Jones, Javier Botet, mm. and Troy James, yeah. that would be ideal. Because I feel like we've had movies where Javier Botet and Doug Jones are together. You know, like Crimson Peak was one of them. They played sure. ghosts. But mm-hmm. throw in Troy James on top of that and make it a trifecta. I mean, people love to put, like, classic slashers together, like putting Kane Hodder yeah. and, uh, like, Robert England in the same movie and stuff like that. Why not get the character actors? I like, want monsters. something for them. Give me a yeah. all-star monster cast. You know, throw in Todd Windrup Jr. as well. Um, <laughs> That'd be amazing. I agree. So, Ryan Murphy has officially announced the season 10 theme for FX's American Horror Story. It is going to be American Horror Story double feature. In a cryptic video tease, Murphy said the double feature will offer one by the sea and one by the sand. So the cast for season 10 includes all of the regulars that you expect. Evan Peters, Kathy Bates, Billy Lord, Finn Wittrock, Lily Robb, Leslie Grossman, uh, Angelica Ross. Um, Macaulay Culkin is joining the family this year, as well as actress <laughs> model Kaya Gerber, who is the daughter of Cindy Crawford. Uh, and the pandemic delayed 10 season is headed to FX later this year. The spinoff anthology series, American Horror Stories, is coming soon as well. I have to confess that I have not kept up with American Horror Stories in a very, very long time. Um, I've always mm-hmm. kind of struggled with the pacing. Like, I felt like a lot of the seasons that I did watch ran out of steam, you know, with still two episodes left to go. Um, season episode eight mm-hmm. is almost always where it's like this is a finale is over? yeah like oh nope it's still going um but i know it's it's got a following um a mm-hmm. huge following but i i like the idea of two shortened versions especially since it sounds like we're going a little bit aquatic horror route which is always my jam mm-hmm. so yeah um are you Zena? are you a fan of the show I'm a huge fan. I know that the show isn't perfect. And sometimes, like, I agree, like, with the pacing sometimes. But I don't know. As a whole, it's like I've always had, like, a lot of fun with the series. So I can't deny, you know, like, or I'm not going to sit here and say, like, oh, I'm not going to watch it. Like, some people, you know that they are because they always comment, you know? (laughs) So. Yeah. Yeah. If you're a fan, own it. And that's okay. They're clearly our fans. We're in the 10th season. Yeah, and I think at the end of the day, I, I don't necessarily pay attention when new seasons are going to come out of American Horror Story. Um, I don't think I've watched since Roanoke, and evidently I need to get back in and at least watch yeah. Roanoke. But as a horror fan, I have to appreciate that it hit 10 seasons. Yeah, absolutely. And that Ryan Murphy is able to do this because... Listen, like there's a lot of horror fans out there. We we clearly see that box offices can take notice of horror, but it is really hard to have horror continue to exist in our current media, like season right. after season. 
So the fact that they are, and there's enough of a fan base to bring it yeah. back, good. Go. Keep going. Yeah. You don't necessarily, I'm, it's not necessarily going to be my jam. Maybe I'll circle back and find it later, but I'm definitely not going to tell them to stop. No. Yeah. I'm glad Xena has a blast with them. I feel like I do need to go back and revisit some seasons. Well, not revisit, revisit for the first time. <laughs> so, yeah. So that's for all the American Horror Story fans. And I feel like I have to tune in for the aquatic stuff regardless. Uh, and speaking of aquatic, I will spin this. Uh, five years after the release of David Iyer's Suicide Squad, WB slash DC is sort of hitting the reboot button with James Gunn's sequel, The Suicide Squad. And the Red Band trailer arrived on Friday. So true to Gunn's on-brand vision, the trailer's full of humor, lots of gore, earworm needle drops that highlights oddball characters that includes King Shark, Weasel, Mm -hmm. Polka Dot Man, John Cena's Peacemaker. Uh, It earned its red band. I don't know if either of you saw this trailer. (laughs) Thanks to John Cena. (laughs) Well, a few things. Um, But it earned its red band trailer with uh, talks of dick eating, John Cena's Peacemaker, Splooge, Courtesy of Harley Quinn and King Shark going full apex predator on his enemies, ripping them apart and eating them. Eating them. Yes. Uh, and the, I think my favorite, well, King Shark is definitely my, I'm, I'm so in love. And then I died realizing that he is voiced by Sylvester Stallone. Yeah. So uh, WB is currently set to release the Suicide Squad in theaters and HBO Max on the same day, uh, August 6th. So... Technically, I realized that this is superhero news, not really horror, but Gunn has a horror pedigree, and it's always kind of infused into the DNA of whatever he's doing. Also, the gore in Suicide Squad is a lure for me. Um, the King Shark shot of him ripping a person in half was actually done uh, practically. Uh, Yay! James Gunn talked about a little because the reception on Twitter has been wild for King Shark, right, rightfully so. Um, but he did do a little mini thread about King Shark, and he was like, "Obviously, the shark is CG." You know, I think it's uh, actor Steve McGee, or I, I'm botching it, I'm sure, but he's the mocap suit actor, and then Stallone voices him, so he's obviously CG. But that effect of ripping apart was was a practical effect. So I don't know if you guys are excited for this one. I fully am. Um, But I think the bigger question that I wanted to ask about this is how do you uh, define kind of genre films or I guess more specifically in relation to Suicide Squad genre adjacent film? Would you count this as genre adjacent genre adjacent? My theory, because what what they've shown is that the cast is so big that they're going back to, I think, I'm, I, I grew up a Marvel fan more than DC, so I'm not super familiar with Suicide Squad. I kind of did like a Wikipedia deep dive a while back, but my the- but it seems more like they're supposed to be expendable. Oh yeah, that's the and, that's the gist of what it is. Yeah, yeah, but the first movie, that's not what it was. They were brought together like as a pen- potential opposition to Superman. Like, no, they're not. That's ridiculous. They they were supposed to be expendable, but there wasn't really yeah. enough of them to do that. Exactly, but now there's 20 of them. Yeah. So a lot of them are going to die. Yeah. And I think that we're going to get close enough to, like, slasher horror <laughs> in this one because there's going to be a lot of death. Yeah, and gory deaths. Yeah. So, yeah. Zita, I'm sure you, you have thoughts. Uh, well, I, I feel like this is uh, horror adjacent because there are elements. It's bloody. We, we saw someone kind of getting ripped apart, you know. So, I don't know. I, I feel like it's a it's a perfect blend of that. 
I agree. I agree. That's the news, though. All right, listeners, it's your turn. Excited for more Twisty Troy? Can't get enough American Horror Story? Let's hear about it. Numbers 224-475-1040. The number's in the show notes. If if phones aren't your jam, don't worry. If you don't want to call us and have your voice on the air or international rates are messing you up, feel free to email us at bedisgustingpodcast at gmail.com or keep an eye on our social media accounts for a chance to ask questions. All right. Finally, a zine is going to make all our lives easier and the sea of horror movie options includes in on what's going to be appearing soon that we need to watch. So, Zena, what do we need to watch? All right. So, besides from Bloody Disgusting TV, which I tell you every single week, on Tuesday, the 30th, The Widow will be available on VOD and DVD. In a densely forested area, people have been going missing for three decades. The few corpses ever found were naked. Whoa. On October 14, 2017, a team of volunteers went out, into, went out into the woods in search of a missing teenager. Soon, all communication with them was lost. Locals believed they were taken by some dark spirit and, and took the others. They call it Limping Widow. Doesn't that sound cool? It sounds very fairy tale-ish. So there's that one that's coming out on Tuesday. And then on Wednesday the 31st, we have two movies that's coming out. Godzilla vs. Kong will be available in theaters and HBO Max. So are you guys Team Godzilla or Team Kong? That's the question. <laughs> I think John's like, Team Neither. <laughs> no, I'm Team Kong. Okay. I feel like he's definitely the more sympathetic of the two. Yeah. All right. I want to give him a hug. Wrestle him. Wrestle him. Like a big Labrador retriever. Let's go. He's squishy with his finger. Yeah. Okay. Okay, and then next up, we have Haunted Latin America will be available on Netflix. Uh, This is a horror documentary series. It'll bring viewers into the horror stories of people who have experienced paranormal activity in Latin American countries like Mexico and Colombia. And it's, you know, um, it's it's a really, I've watched the previews for some stuff and it actually looks like it's going to be like super creepy. So this may be up your alley, John. If you want to get scared, I don't know what that was. So, and then last, coming out on Friday, <laughs> last coming out Friday the 2nd, The Unholy will be in theaters. Terror strikes when a disgraced journalist investigates a girl who has inexplicable powers to heal the sick. And there you go. I appreciate uh, a religious horror movie coming out on Easter weekend. <laughs> yeah, really commit. Right? Yeah. I- I'm going to watch it. And that's the Bloody Disgusting Podcast for this week, everyone. If you'd like to read more from Megan, you can read her reviews at bloodydisgusting.com and on Twitter at HauntedMeg. Xena can be found on her own site, realqueenofhorror.com, and the YouTube channel of the same name, or at LovelyZena on Twitter. And you can hear me on my weekly horror narration podcast, Creepy. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button on your favorite podcast app, and feel free to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at BeDisgustingPod, and on Facebook at the Bloody Disgusting Podcast. (laughs) I still haven't looked. I don't know. Or drop us an email at bdiscussingpodcast at gmail.com. And for even more content and rewards, check us out on patreon.com slash bdiscussingpod. So for this week, I'm John. I'm Megan. I'm Zena. Grab some popcorn, cozy up on the couch, and watch something you love. Just make sure it's something bloody.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.